Siblings dissect and reflect where we review our drafts, gaffs, and lambasts, as well as talk about anything else that might come up. I'm, I'm Jamie. Ian. Oh, I'm Ian. And I'm <laughs> Jamie. I see you changed your name since last time. Yeah, well, everybody calls me Jamie anyway, so like all the guests that we have on are going to call me Jamie, and I think you have a problem doing it too. So the only people who call me James are people who know me from work. So anyway let's get started um so on the agenda today we need to at least review our horror movie draft so ian yes. who won uh well the twitter poll was pretty overwhelmingly in my favor as were some of the other places we we put it uh i like how some t- <laughs> some of the wait, like instagram people would just like it and not tell us who they thought was the winner so yeah so yeah i won the first draft yeah i think one of the the criticisms for mine were that my movies were more watchable but uh for the for those folks who didn't like uh horror movies um which makes sense because i don't really like horror movies so my mine was the list of of non-horror horror but um yeah but I've won despite my betraying myself when I didn't even mention The Ring, which is one of my favorites. Uh, obviously, it was one of the movies that really got me into horror. And I got, uh, a, I got a good story about that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did too. Because were you this there? Came out, yeah, I was there. But okay. when I first watched this movie, we rented it and we watched it on my birthday. Me and three other friends spent the night. And this we were all on separate couches or chairs. We were watching it. The parents were in our parents were in their bed. I don't know where you were, but, uh, Carl, our stepdad, he would come out and, you know, do something in the kitchen, get something. And then he'd leave and then he'd come back out. And then he came back at the end where, uh, just, you know, coming out of the TV or whatever. And we're all on the same couch, and he just starts laughing, <laughs> laughing at us. Because like, you've all I mean, migrated. We've all we're all like huddled up together on the same couch. But let me, I mean, we're in seventh grade. Like, yeah, whatever. Cool. That's, that's cool. So I remember uh, it was at our one of our friends' uh, sweet sixteen birthday parties, and um, it was kind of a larger gathering, kind of families and and everything, but a, a lot of teenagers early college uh kids too and um so like half maybe a little bit more than half were watching the ring and one of our friends uh, taylor had chewed a hole through his shirt that's like this the whole time like he most can't. of us had seen it mm-hmm. um, he didn't he couldn't handle horror movies yet he watched the whole thing oh he he watched the whole thing he was into it but um Daniel, our older brother, had that long hair with the ponytail. Mm-hmm. So 
we we snuck we snuck him into Taylor's car because we were in the group that wasn't watching the movie because again one I had seen it already and two I don't need to watch horror movies so we sneak him into Taylor's car have him sit in the front seat so when they're leaving he's just sitting there he's got his long hair pulled up in front of his face and I think we put him in like a, a pea coat or something like that. I so thought it was a sheet, him. a white sheet. Something. It was, I, he, Taylor got all the way to, he put something in the back. He got all the way to putting his key in the uh, he car pulled door. On the, he pulled he, on the handle. I swear he jumped, he jumped so far. six feet back. <laughs> it was so good. And then he was like, who is that? Who is it? Because there I, were so many I people was, there. Yeah, I was like, who is it? Who could that be? I was looking for a girl, obviously. And right. Daniel, our brother, always had his hair up in a ponytail. Yeah. So it didn't even cross my mind that was him. Well, and he was like, Elizabeth, is that, is it? And she's like, I'm right here. And we all, like a lot of people thought that Daniel had left early because he, he was wanting to do that because he was considerably older than most of the people there. So he would kind of make an appearance yeah. and then leave these kinds of events, just be like, hey, yeah, I care about you. Happy birthday. Goodbye. Right. You know, sort of thing. And, but it was, it was good. It's one of the things that uh, is always fun uh, about scary movies with people is the taking advantage of their fear. Right. Which uh, reminds me of the nice little one that I, I played on you as well. Dude. Okay, so we talked about slashers and then Chucky. Obviously, I always say that Nightmare on Elm Street is my first movie, but I, I don't my first horror movie, but I don't remember when we watched the Child's Play series. And they were on TNT USA, I think. USA had those marathons of all the Child's Play movies like nonstop. I feel like I guess when the they, when television networks get the rights to play a movie, they play the they hell play. out of it. They, they would play they, them over and over. <clears throat> right. But I remember watching them a marathon. We stayed up, me, you, and your friend Jonathan. And um, I could tell my side of the story, and then you could tell yours. And I actually fell asleep. It was really late. I fell asleep in the, the living room, in the den, recliner. And you were like... I, well, whatever, but all the lights are turned off. And earlier in that week, our mother had cleared out the attic with all of our stuffed animals that we had as children, including what I had received for one of my birthdays and my buddy doll for my whatever. buddy, my buddy, my buddy. Anyway. You, I wake up in the pitch black. Everything's turned off. You little shit. <laughs> With, and he knew he knew I was terrified because this isn't the first time we watched these movies. And the my buddy doll is in my arms as I'm sleeping. I could tell you, I threw it so far away from me, and then jumped out of the bed ran down the hall and then i would peek i peeked i would peek back into the hallway <laughs> or i'd peek back into the den from the hallway and i would just see its little feet sticking out 
<laughs> like stick it out from behind the recliner. I'm like, oh no. I remember I'm being me. in our room and hearing the thud because we had those old wood panel walls yeah. uh, back then. And so they kind of, they would echo pretty well if, if you, you hit something on it. <laughs> I remember just like waking up going, hearing the thud, <laughs> just like going, yeah, it worked. <laughs> I went back to sleep. Uh, I got in trouble for that. Not because. Not because not you be- prank on me, but no. because you tore the bags open. I had to find, I had to find it. I had this brilliant idea because I knew it had been done recently. So I had to tear all the garbage bags full of old clothing and uh, stuffed animals and, and such open to find it. And so I tore like three or four bags open before I found it. <laughs> That's what I got in trouble for because yeah, I made it difficult for, I guess, I guess it was paralyzed veterans at that time. You're to, such a little turd. I know. Yeah. So but that, was, that but, was a good one, though. Yeah, but guess what? I still won the horror movie draft, and I mean I, that's that's your genre. You're gonna win that one. There will be genres that favor me. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how the family movie draft goes, which is dropping very soon. Very well. By the, when we're recording this, yes, it will drop in a few hours. Um, at midnight. I have it set to drop at midnight. So that's going to be cool. Um, right. And so my, that's, that's October 23rd. So my uh, wife is it, our guest on the uh, podcast. And that, that is her genre of movies, really. True. I'm like, I always try to get her to watch horror movies. And she's like, no. She likes, <laughs> like, like, she likes the dark detective stories, like Seven or mystic river or stuff stuff like that but she doesn't like horror movies got that i don't know what she likes she'll be she's fine with the slashers really but the paranormal stuff she doesn't like and then um that reminds me before you you move on that i really should have mentioned paranormal activity in yeah, my, but in my we, honorable mention, I, I don't know. And we talked about that because you said paranormal activity, and I said the Blair Witch Project. How was that not? How did that end up on the waiver wire, so well, to see, speak? But I remember that being <clears throat> kind of spoiled for me. Blair Witch being kind of spoiled because everybody was making fun of it before I ever saw it, and I don't even remember. I barely remember the film at all, so maybe I didn't even finish it. But paranormal activity got me. Um, one, I love those, those sorts of found footage films, you know, Blair, Witch I know is, is kind of the initiator of that. But at the time I lived in an apartment and the downstairs apartment, the upstairs apartment had just removed the carpet and put down hardwood floors. Dude, so, so scary to wake up in the middle of the night with the... Dum, 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 upstairs because we weren't used right. to that yet man if you like the found footage stuff i do i do okay. i think it's cool because so, one, one of the reasons i like it from a from a storytelling perspective is that you know that nobody is safe and so it it kind of helps with the idea of the suspension of disbelief to to an extent it's right. like 
this is, this is something that happened and you know sometimes it's difficult to actually tell a story that way um but sometimes it it's it's fun because you got to piece things together which i don't always like and there are plenty of found footage films that aren't that great um or have like really boring parts um but i find them i i like the i like that they exist you know right and apparently somebody did a study and scientifically it is scientifically proved that the movie sinister is the scariest movie of all time for me and i you know i commented on the the twitter thing uh whoever posted it but i said you know this movie was terrifying and i watched this movie by myself with me and my dog uh there was just one of them at the time when i watched this uh, me in indiana but he barks at literally everything or literally nothing he barks at nothing so me watching this by myself he's barking at nothing but i feel like the end of the movie um the end of the film kind of goes off the rails a bit and that's why people don't really talk about it as being like the scariest movie of all time um, see i'm unfamiliar with it so like dude just go watch like when we finish with this go watch the trailer and you'll be like you you are intrigued because it's like it's a right the main character is ethan hawk and he's a writer and they move into this new house and he goes upstairs into the attic and he finds this like box of uh old school film reels and he's trying to write a murder mystery or something like that like a kind of like a serial killer th mystery kind of thing and yeah. uh he's got writer's block you know the the kind of the cliche writer story but he starts finding it and then he like hooks up the, the old school film reels and there's some really horrifying things so he, he's like the guy finding these found footage kind of things, but it's not actually, it's not like really found footage. It's like somebody demented filming this kind of stuff. Um, okay. And then it kind of turns into this kind of paranormal investigation sort of thing. And then, um, but we were talking about found footage and I wanted to mention, we need to watch this. I want to watch it with you because I didn't want to rewatch it. Uh, VHS uh, and VHS two. It's basically these two guys, or this group of people, they break into this house, I think to like burglarize it. And they um, actually end up finding all these VHS tapes and then they start watching them. So you're getting, it's a found footage of them finding these tapes. And then it like, it's like a bunch of little short snippets of horrifying found footage. So it's like okay. little vignettes of all these uh, scary stories. Huh. One of them yeah. is one of them is particularly cool. And the second VHS movie is like it's sort of a zombie apocalypse, but it's a guy who's like biking and he gets infected, but he's got a GoPro on. Mm. So he you see him get it bit or attacked, and then you see him come back up with his GoPro on and you get like a first person zombie. Sorry, a first person zombie uh gopro <laughs> it's it's really really cool that's interesting i like that that sounds that sounds like fun film i mean is it i guess some things about horror it's always tricky because sometimes it seems to take itself very seriously no it, and, it doesn't and and then some of them 
don't. Like, child's play is not meant to be taken seriously. But it doesn't mean it's not got, it's not horror or it's not scary. Right. It's just kind of a different sort of thing. But like... The Exorcist, Hereditary, some of my lists, most of my list is supposed to be taken seriously. Right. Um, like Gremlins on mine, that's not a serious movie. Horror it's a, comedy. Well, yeah, it's all it's a comedy horror, but it's also like it's a Christmas movie too. So, sure. you know, it's just one of those weird things. And and Jaws wasn't even technically listed as a horror movie, so at least on Wikipedia, it was it's a thriller. So, I, I guess I even well, your other choice in that kind that. of department was. Uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. But that's not really a horror movie either. I, I I mean, I went for it because it does make people scared, or it did yeah. originally. Right. But it's not really. I, I, I guess I failed in, in that thing, and I could have just gone, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or something classic, but I really, I, I, I really didn't. But, well, whatever. So, I, I'll do. I'll, I think I'd do better on the um, on the family movie draft. Which, uh, although although looking back on my honorable mentions uh, of that one, you know, kind of like going, did I really? I, I really don't think I went the right route. But right. and that the uh, from now on in our draft uh, program episode show, what mm-hmm. is it? One of the things. I guess they're all good, but the uh, we're going to do two bench warmers per per team per person, and that'll be. I don't think we should actually post them or whatever because that can influence the top fives. But uh, it just makes for more programming. Gotcha. Content. Well. So who do you think is going to win the family movie draft? Who's got the best top five? Mm, without giving any spoilers, I mean, if, if we're going... I, I mean, I really do like your choices. Um, but I think, yeah, you, you, kinda, you do a lot of adventure stuff. Um, I, I kind of went with, with some personal favorites. You did, you did steal one from me. Um, that would have been on my list. Um, I think I went with things that I, I love and love to rewatch. Um, I may have, have been too self-indulgent, though, to, to get the win on yeah. this one. Um, I think Emily has some really good uh, classics in hers. Although, yeah, no, I think I think she's got a good chance. I think really it's going to be between you two unless we just get a lot of people who have happened to see the films that I picked and just have a nostalgic attachment to them. Right. So, I mean, so I want to, um, is there anything from our previous to deep dive, uh, Pods we've been we we need to cover or or address any any gaffes that we made um well i know i addressed it but the bond movie like i kind of did a tag on at the end of the episode but the bond movie got pushed back to 2021 and then uh 
Dune got pushed back to October 2021 from December of 2020. Oh boy. So I'm like, dude, movie theater. And then Disney came out and said that they're not going, their their focus is just going to be streaming content for Disney Plus. Okay. So so rumor mills are flying that like everything's just going to go D, D plus. But uh they're apparently one of the one of the Disney executives just has been like hard pushing for uh, Black Widow to go straight to Disney Plus like Mulan did. Really? Yeah. That's I'm just like, man, movie 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 theaters are are done, I think. Well, and that's one of the, the things I actually worry about with with all this COVID stuff in in you know movie theaters. Is it going to completely change um, the landscape? Um, I sent you a text the other day or yesterday or something. Uh, I can't even remember the movie I was talking about, but I remember it talking about it coming out for to rent. And for some reason, I got it in my mind that movies like movie rental places used to get movies first before the, the general public could buy them. I don't know if that was true or not. Um, okay. Well, cause they used to go to pay-per-view first. Right. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was to pay-per-view and then to rent and then to buy, maybe this was just something I had cooked up in my mind as a kid, because generally we would rent movies before we bought them unless we had seen them in the theater. But like, so then of course we don't have, movie rental places anymore other than like you know red box or the occasional you know if you stay at a disney resort and they have movies or whatever except for that one blockbuster we went to in uh bend oregon Oregon. yeah Yeah. oregon yeah um which if you're in bend oregon which you should go because it's like beautiful um yeah go visit that blockbuster there but i'm wondering though with all this is it going to change how these uh production companies or, or distribution companies handle new released, newly released movies. Like are, are we going to lose theaters from our culture to some extent? I mean, is it going to become less popular to do? I don't know. Look, um, we're in the Baton Rouge area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've got five, six, like I'm in Ascension Parish, so that we have one theater. That's a suburb of Baton Rouge, so. right? Well, yeah, I mean, part of the greater area. But we know. have in Louisiana, we have parishes and not counties like the rest of the United States, and whatever. But so I'm on the out, out outer parish of the uh, East Baton Rouge Parish, and then that. So we have one theater. We have a Malco, and then they have an AMC. Well, they have two AMCs no, in Baton Rouge. There's two AMCs in Baton Rouge. There's a Cinemark in Baton Rouge. There's a movie tavern in Baton Rouge. There's a movie tavern in Denham Springs. Which is just on the other side of, of Baton Rouge. Which is in Livingston Parish. So that's a lot of theaters. I think one of the AMCs is going to close. At least one of them, right? Yeah. I mean, well, there, probably the... That- Independently the, owned one too, um, in Baton Rouge. It used to be Grand Grand. Cinema. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that one's probably gone. Oh man, they just remodeled that one too. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, that one is probably toast. One of the AMCs, I can only imagine is the, the one on O'Neill is probably gone. Um, the, the one by the mall will probably stay. Cinemark has that foot traffic of Perkins Row that it'll probably, I mean, it's just kind of a destination. Like, oh, let's go shopping at all these cool shops, Urban Outfitters, Anthropology, whatever, and then catch a movie. And there's also right. like the ramen place right next door. So I think the, that movie theater will be okay. The Cinemark. Um, I don't know. The, rest I, of them, the movie taverns, I don't see recovering. Really? Why is that, you think? Uh, if they don't start getting new movies and new traffic, I just think a lot of the theaters are going to close. Yeah, I mean, I really hope not. I, I one of the, I mean, one of the things we did is we took, you know, family and rented out a theater, and that, and, and you know, split the cost, and I, that was pretty. That was a pretty cool thing. We did it. We did it twice, I think, actually. Right. You know, did it. Well, yeah. I mean, so that that's always an option, but like, it it's not going to keep those theaters afloat. No. Um, and I mean, a lot of people didn't even know that was a, a a possibility, but the rates were reasonable. And to me, the rates being that reasonable indicates that they're pretty desperate. And the, um, no, no, you know what's indicates they're pretty desperate? The concessions are all way cheap. We pay like five dollars for an, yeah five dollars for a large popcorn and a large drink or something stupid. Yeah, I mean it was not. It was yeah, and that's where they make a lot of their money. But then again, they're not paying the exorbitant rental fees of those new new movies because they're not really pushing anything out. We did see New Mutants, which I don't really recommend because it's not very good. Um, that is not one we're going to be reviewing anytime soon. Um, unless it's on a, a bad superhero movies draft. Uh, uh, it was not good. Um, but, you know, I, I was glad I went to see it because I, I think uh, it was nice to, to get out and, and do something that's basically been verboten for so many people. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Wonder Woman is still a Christmas Day release. So interesting choice, but there there's a lot of rumors that saying it would go straight to streaming, skip the box office. But like at the same time, I'm like, but why not do both? That's what I'm curious about. Why not do both? Maybe because theaters don't want to share that sort of thing. Uh, maybe contract sort of things. Yeah. Or they. I remember when like the shows. Yeah, Trolls World Tour came out and it was like they're a big it was a success and then they were like AMC and Universal or whoever released Trolls got into a big spat about whatever. But whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's a lot of legal stuff that I'm neither equipped nor that terribly interested in, in covering. But what right. I do wanna what I do wanna talk about briefly is um giving everybody a a like a heads up on on what's coming down the line for us stuff we have already recorded and yet to drop and stuff that we have decided that we're going to record yeah because we're not on any sort of schedule yet and we're like oh 
Saturday night we record our episode for the next week. Um, no, we're just like I have young kids. I'm the, yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me to do that. Yeah, we're just uh, we're just you know laying laying them down and edit, editing them as we go and just drop them weekly every Friday. Um, and if there's a two parter, we'll release it on that Monday following. So you don't have to wait all week to get to part two. Um, and I think these sort of episodes will release on, on a Monday after the next draft drops. Um, so this Friday family movie draft dropped and now you're listening to this podcast on a Monday to listen to us talk about our horror movies draft. Sorry. Just ate and drank Dr. Pepper. What were we talking about? What, what's coming down the line? What's coming down the line? Um, so, obviously, Family Movies Draft just dropped on Friday. And then this week on Friday, we are going to drop Braveheart Part 1. And then the following Monday, drop Braveheart Part 2. Which, um, if you can see, I'm editing. Well, it, yep, there it is. I'm editing that as we speak well not as we speak but i was doing it yesterday presently 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 that is what i'm working on and then we've got the our next draft is that is that what yeah we yeah we got the superhero moments draft with uh, a special guest my my closest friend steven all the way from austin zoomed in and then we are going to do a deep dive into saving private ryan for vet veterans day in december november 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 yeah. 11th yeah and then uh a world war ii film draft which i'm really excited to watch all these movies so Dude, i can really properly is, rank them this has been the draft that i've been doing like more homework for than I realized because when I started looking at the list of, of World War II movies, I'm like, it has been too long. This is probably one of my favorite genre of movies. And it is way too long since I have watched some of these films. And some of them I had always meant to watch and haven't seen some of the newer ones and some of the, the older ones. Like, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, I, I rewatch this you know this particular film like the longest day or a patent um but have i mean yeah you we would watch those infinite amount of times but there's some that like a bridge too far you said you rewatched that recently yep i watched so that good. a lot as a younger lad and then um longest day obviously jean has a long mustache and I re well, one of the things I rewatched was um, To End All Wars, which is one of those is that movies. Is Kiefer Sutherland? Yeah, Kiefer Sutherland um, and Kieran, I can't remember his last name. Um, and uh, Kieran Hines? No, I don't think no. that was it. It's, it's, it's a, like a Gaelic last name. It's either Irish or Scottish. I'm not sure. Um, but that's a movie I think we could probably do a deep dive into. Um, I mean, actually a lot of these world war two movies are worthy of deep dives, but we, we need to spread them out so we don't 
focus too much on any one particular genre. But anyway, To End All Wars was a movie I wasn't going to, um, like, I didn't think I could handle watching it again because it's so heavy. And it's like some movies I can watch one time and be like, okay, I'm good. Uh, and I don't need to, to watch that again because that was emotionally draining. The point was made. This is not really entertainment. You know, it's like watching the, the, the pianist or um, Tears of the Sun. Like these are terribly heavy movies that depict horrible, horrible Schind things. Schindler's List. Right. So like you have these films, um, they're, they're, so they're very well crafted, but it's just like, I, I can't emotionally subject myself to this over and over and over. Yeah, I think it, it centers on four POWs. So you have Robert Carlyle. Yeah. And Kiefer Sutherland. And then Kieran McMenamin. Yeah, that's it. And, and Mark Strong. Right. And then the, there's a, the, the, but the Japanese cast is also very good. Um, and it, it's, it's a true story uh, or, or based on a true story. They've, you know, every, every, you know, World War II flick tends to, kind of consolidate even you know band of brothers where you've got more time in a miniseries to to expound on some of these happenings they've got to consolidate characters and things like that but um yeah it's it's really it's really quite good so yeah um there's a bunch that i want to rewatch i know i sent you a big list and uh, we we me and my wife just watched enemy at the gates where i was thinking like i love this movie as a kid and this really like kind of jump-started a uh sort of obsession ups not obsession a i'm in well i was already obsessed with war movies true but enemy at the gates kind of triggered this weird intrigue with russian culture huh and uh i mean i've watched the entire series of the americans like twice i'm just it's very very intriguing to me i mean i know they're stalin's a terrible person or whatever but uh just like the the legends and the the way they live their lives is very intriguing to me that that i buy it i mean just because Stalin was a terrible person doesn't mean Russia and Russian culture is unworthy just like hit because Hitler was a horrible person doesn't mean and you know all the all the people who followed these uh despots it doesn't mean that that the cultures they you know ruled over right uh, are are un, unworthy of, of things you know of of admiration um, I think every culture has something worthy of admiration and every culture has something, uh, worthy to be despised, I'm sure. Right. But this movie I thought was going to be a definite top five pick in my World War II draft. And I'm like, man, now that I'm like grown and I, I have taste buds for movies, they, uh, they make weird directorial choices in this film. And I'm like, and I really like the story of the two main characters of uh, Vasily Zaitsev and uh, 
Tanya Chernova, Tanya Chernova, sorry. And we were talking the other day about how I was like, somebody needs to actually do this right, do this story right, because it is a heartbreaking story. They, they fall on, they, she, like, she's a Russian American, actually. And she, this is Rachel Wise's character in the movie. And uh, she goes to uh, one of the Soviet owned, basically occupied countries, Bosnia or some other, uh, I, I don't have it right on hand, but she goes back home to save her grandparents from basically the German invasion to find that they're already dead. And she joins the resistance and then she joins this sniper school where Vasily Zaitsev teaches her how to snipe. And then, uh, then she, uh, they fall in love and then twists of events of, you know, a war, they get separated and torn apart. And then in like 1960 something, she finds out that he's, they find out that they're each other still alive. And she, was heartbroken to find out that uh, he had married somebody else because she still was in love with him. Wow. So I'm like, Oh man. And the, the movie that, does not do that story justice at all because at the end he, it's this, she's just a tool when in, in reality, she's like this badass sniper and she now she's just the love interest. Right. And, and, and see, I told, I told Emily this and she's like, that's stupid. Why it's stupid. Typical Hollywood, just making the girl the love interest. And I'm like, this girl is beautiful. And like the photos, I'm like, this girl's beautiful. Rachel Wise is beautiful too, but this girl's a badass sniper in the Soviet resistance fighting off Germans. And, um, and then they should, at the very end, she does get wounded. They get separated. But at the very end, he finds her in like a, a whatever med camp. And see, that is one of the things about historically based films that tends to bother me is whenever we have better story in history and they change it for some unknown reason. <clears throat> Braveheart. Well, that's, that was my big problem with Braveheart. And I think you guys will, will see some of that there and I may or may not articulate it very well, but I, I, my problem with a lot of it is, is that the story is so good, the real story, or at least stuff that we do know about William Wallace, like there's a lot of really good stuff that they could have used and they didn't use. And, you know, right. it, and I think that, well, that's really a problem um, with Mel Gibson's two war films like that you know braveheart and the patriot you know it's like there's no moral ambiguity it's bad guy bad good guy good and right. it's like it to me looking back on it's still fun to watch um but sometimes you know i said i say that in that that episode i have a love-hate relationship with this movie you know it's like there are things about history where in war movies in general that underscore the idea of humans killing humans is a very sucky place to be. Yeah. And most humans 
understand that it is a sucky place to be and or a, or a sucky situation to be in right a hellish situation to be in and it does change people uh and and sometimes for the the worse and then sometimes people can show out themselves as being better than than they thought but you know i i guess my my thing about war movies is i don't mind i really don't mind movies that take historical liberties it's i mean when yeah you kind of have to, to you tell, have to to tell a good story but do something that adds to the drama rather than oversimplifies things i mean i much. think you and that dang phone uh i think that that's why saving private ryan is considered one of the best war movies of all time is because it is it is considered that because one it gives you a realistic depiction of d-day and then it tells a very uh powerful story which is based on some truth you know that these there were four brothers all in the same company died all together and they kind of ran with that you know and they talk about that in the movie that's why they're do they keep doing this to get yeah. the last brother out yeah i mean i don't i, I it, it sort of happened but i really don't i do have a problem with the premise of the film even though i know what it's historically based on and i know that it had some some precedents but i don't really see that in the middle like in the first stages of the invasion of normandy they're going to green light this to happen but well, what it does stages, but yeah kind of is no because I mean, they talk about they talk about the other missions clearing minefields and blah 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 that yeah. captain miller has already done and okay. lost some men after the beach i mean they're still on the beach head but we're probably jumping ahead because we're going to do a deep dive into this film yeah, yeah, yeah. so let's Whoops. let's save some of it but, but there that, are there are i mean world war ii was a massive massive war and sure. a uh it is not as simple as, you know, bad guy, bad, like Braveheart, bad guy, bad. No. And a, a lot of movies like, um, that's why I'm so intrigued with to rewatch. I haven't watched them since the theater was the Clint Eastwood's com like companion films of, uh, letters from Iwo Jima and flags of our father flags of our fathers yeah. is the Iwo Jima is from the Japanese point of view while flags of our fathers is the american point of view right and, and they both I'm, came out in 2006 so it's really very uh i i loved letters to iwo jima um i actually don't remember if i ever saw flags of our fathers or not i i ended up seeing letters to iwo jima with a group of friends after honestly a burns night we all went to the movies in our kilts and stuff and we how just, cute we didn't know what to, we didn't know what was out or what to see. So we got there and I was like, well, I, that, that's a World War II movie. I want to see that. And so everybody yeah. went along with it. Of course, my, uh, our grandpa, I mean, our love for the World War II history is what we bonded over. He took me to see both of those movies, I believe. And I think our dad went with. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so World War II movies are coming down the line. And honestly, we're probably going to do more deep dives into some war movies. Um, based Pearl on, Harbor. I mean, we haven't really picked one to, to lambast. <laughs> <laughs> But right, I'm waiting the, to do like one that I really love and you hate, like Batman v Superman. You're gonna be like, this movie's uh, trash the whole I, time. I didn't. No, I didn't hate it as much uh, as as I thought I would. Like, I just don't love DC, so like, I have no real attachment or love for. I mean, Batman's pretty cool, but like, I I don't like Superman. But you did like the the way it's like you put. Uh, the big blue boy scout into modern day, you know, like cancel culture sort of thing. And what, how is the world going to react? You know, like they're going to, some people are going to reject this alien, this. Oh yeah. And some people are going to praise him. I think, I think that's the way to, I think that is the way to really go about it. Um, And I think man of steel is actually one that we want to cover um that was one you you had requested covering soon right um so um you know i think i think looking at it that way is good and i think really that's the only way to deal with superman without retconning his powers that we all like as a culture know that he has um because he's been around what since the 30s so I mean, yep. you don't want to you don't want to mess with that too much, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things I think uh, Civil War played on, and and really the the comic the comics kind of address this, and I really like um, since we're talking comic book characters, uh, it was it was was it Injustice? The it was basically a hypothetical parallel universe where Superman. The Joker kills Lois Lane. And Superman becomes a despot. Well, he kills Joker. But he becomes a despot. Right. He, he's, he, he basically the, becomes the a dictator. Right. So, but he's, he's, he's doing it for the, the quote-unquote greater good, which is really, it's really interesting. And it's basically DC's version of Civil War. Because... Um, injustice? Injustice, and in, in a sense, because they've you get batman v superman in that way but it's like batman right and bbs we get team. bbs we kind of get glimpses of what evil superman would be or dictator superman would be like but i think yeah. what we're going to get in this new Zack snyder's justice league is that dark side has taken control of or corrupted superman in some sort of way and but lois lane dying is probably a trigger here as well and and I'm okay with that. And and that's that's basically always been the part of the problem with Superman is is the idea that, you know, he's got all these powers, but he's incorruptible, um, like morally. Right. But now that they've started to play with the idea of, no, he can be he can be morally less. He or he can be more morally human. Right. More morally corruptible. I, that makes me go okay. I'm much more on board with this now because that's something I can relate to. And that, I mean, that's one of the things that I think everybody should relate to. And, and the idea of, you know, if you had the power, you would, Oh, I would save people. I would be so good. No, you wouldn't. 
you would abuse your power. Almost immediately, you would abuse your power. You get Homelander. That's I, I've been watching the boys. And Dude, he's like one of my favorite am, villains ever. I am so down with, well, I think it's, it's, it's kind of, they're spoofs on so many of our oh, favorite sure. DC characters. For the most part, it's DC, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, okay, this, is, this, this twist is good because the premise is, is just like, yeah, I buy it. I buy every single bit of it because the, what, and what would you do? What could you do if the superheroes realized that they didn't have to be noble? I'm Homelander. I can do whatever I want. And that's what he says. I mean, what a good yeah. show, bro. Anyway, yeah, we just finished it. Or well, it just finished, really. It, it finished a few weeks ago, so or the second season did. Yeah, I haven't finished the second season yet, but that's going to be good. I mean, and that's one of the things that we don't really talk about on these podcasts is TV shows. And I really think TV shows are, especially in this COVID world, that's the way things are going. Um, and But I don't know if anything really is doing a lot of uh, filming right now. They're getting back to filming some stuff. I know the Batman went back to filming and then Robert Pattinson got COVID-19. So he had to step out. I guess they still did stuff without, you know, the other stuff that they could do without him, but he's back filming again. Yeah. That's um, like, it's usually a two, two, three week ordeal. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, you don't want anybody to get sick and everything like that. So you're just kind of like, you but know, they, you do yeah, that. I'm, I'm sure they have safety guidelines in place to, you know, because this is a billion, multi-billion dollar, maybe trillion dollar industry. It's something they, I mean, you got Aqua, a movie like Aquaman making a billion dollars at the bo- global box office. So, yeah, I mean, if you count, if you count up all the revenue from all the DC, there's just the superhero movies in general, you have a lot of, uh, yeah, definitely well, multi-billion dollar industry. Yeah, but we got Mandalorian coming down the uh, in a, in a next week. That's true, but I think though with the problem with with even if you're if you're filming films, you know movies. Oh, Mandalorian, little the child. That if you're if you're filming right now, like we don't even have ideas of when these things are going to be released. So hopefully they'll spend lots and lots and time, you know, editing and making things absolutely spot on um but uh but the so really though never been a better time to be catching up on older films you know all the all the old films you wanted to watch um because there's a lot of stuff uh you know available in streaming even if you got to rent it via streaming which when we were doing our our marvel you know mcu marathon through we were watching like one a day um yeah. And, and, you know, there were a few that we were like, we don't own this. Okay. Yeah. We need a, okay. We can, well, we almost can go all to the library. Let's rent it. This was like the first month yeah. of, of the lockdowns and stuff, which Louisiana was more locked down than a lot of other places were. What, um, there's a few movies that are not on Disney plus. I think spider, the Spider-Man's aren't on Disney plus and the incredible Hulk is not on Disney plus. Yeah, I think there may be a few others that are still contracted out to 
mm-hmm. Netflix so or something. But I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't keep up with that stuff as much as as others do. I know you keep up with it a lot more than I do. I'm on this on this duo. I'm more about the looking at films like literature and analyzing them in that way. Um, you know, I don't. I'm not really the industry guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was a bit more into it. I've kind of fallen out of love with following all that stuff, but I still enjoy seeing headlines like Jared Leto's Joker is going to be in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, apparently. Mm. So I don't, I, I don't look after Heath Ledger. I thought I was never going to like the Joker again. And then Joaquin Phoenix nailed it. Right. But you have different, you in the comics, you have different takes of the Joker. I mean, right now they're doing a comic book called the three jokers and it's because somebody uh metron who is this kind of like the the watcher sort of in dc Mm -hmm. uh batman gets to ask him anything and he said who is he asks who is the joker and metron tells him that there's three jokers and they're he's like what (laughs) (laughs) and so now we're like gonna find out about uh the storylines of why there's three jokers and i think it's going to be some sort of multiverse kind of thing but interesting you have like jared leto's take is obviously like the clown prince of crime like you're you're playing him as this sort of uh insane gangster you know Mm -hmm. which i enjoy we don't want a repeat of what we've already had um i don't like all the the stylistic choices they made like take this stupid damaged tattoo off of his head and i'm i'm fine (laughs) because like when he did this with his hand he covers his he covers his mouth and he's got like a tattoo of a a big smiley face on it and i'm like oh that looks sweet and it's kind of creepy too but they did go full like uh sid and nancy with the harley joker relationship but i'm i'm all for that like i'm this is the continuity they've they this is the in universe joker if you want to tell to have some sort of joker story with that then you have to let jared leto do it sure i mean they can do what they want and i mean he's a he's a brilliant actor so i mean i don't i don't have to like it um and i'm i'm not liable to go watch the film honestly it and that's well it's gonna be four episodes what do you mean? Oh, it's going to go straight to streaming? Wait, it's going to HBO Max. It's a four episode, four one hour episodes. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, he, he, he delivered like his director's cut. He delivered to the studio a three and a half hour movie. And they were, because they told him to, they wanted it to be two hours. And he was like, Really? Have you watched any of my, he thought it was a joke. Zack Snyder did. He, he was like, Have you watched any of my movies? Like, I don't take a short time to you know uh to tell a story that i want to tell and he's definitely not like one to tell compact stories and this justice league movie that he's been tasked with in the first place is he's telling the story the origins of two of two three he's got to introduce these characters right so he's like here's a three and a half hour which is completely doable in a three and a half hour movie but he filmed like four hours worth of stuff and now they, he, they've given him the Warner Media and HBO Max have given him the green light to go and do additional photography mm. to really 
tie, like really, really tell everything he wanted to tell. Well, that's good. And then maybe if it's, if it's like that, maybe I will watch it. It's just, I, I don't know. And that's one of my, my issues with, with DC. It's also one of my issues with the X-Men franchise. It's like, I don't, I don't know what continuity I'm following right now. And I know DC is going like all in on the multiverse business and you know, there's rumors that Marvel's going to do it too, but they're kind of playing a little bit more close to the chest. Um, and so like, I don't know what's going to happen with all that. Um, but my problem, my problem is, is I want to know which universe I'm going to see and which universe I'm invested in. It's kind of like when uh, WWE does, did their brand split. Uh, they're going to have these superstars on Raw and these superstars on SmackDown. And I'm like going, well, wait, you, you really want me to watch both, but I, I don't, I, I would like to just watch one because I'm not going to invest that much time in your product. Right, but at the same time as, I mean, this is adapt adaptations of comic books where there True. is tons of elsewhere stories. And then when somebody like uh, Kevin Smith or Jeff Lemire or whoever finishes their Green Arrow run and then somebody else picks it up, it, it's, you're almost, you get a little bit of callbacks to what somebody else wrote before you, but you're not. I mean, it's a new story and they could take liberties with characters um, and like you get new artists that, so you're really getting different looks for the same characters that start telling the same story. But you, before MCU, you didn't have this. You had no. the seven, you had the Christopher Reeve Superman and then you had the Michael Keaton Batman in the same sort of era, but they weren't connected. No, those two were not connected. But, and the but, Supergirl. But Batman with Batman, even as they went to Val Kilmer and, uh, those are supposedly George, George connected, but right. Yeah, but right. it, it, yeah, that's fine. Whatever it's recast, but it's more of the, the line of, well, it doesn't negate things that have happened before. I don't have to like forget anything. I can focus on the story and not be confused about why, you know, it's like, but if I go watch Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and and see kind of a period piece, or at least it appears as such, which I really loved. And then I go go in, and and you know I I don't think that the average film goer is it going in completely ignorant of what they're going to watch, but they go in and they go, okay, well this is going to be about the Joker, and then they see Jared Leto's version, they're like, okay, this is not what I thought I was going to go see, and so. And I'm okay with it to an extent, but the thing is, is it's like, I'm, you know, it's what, what team are you on? Oh, I'm on team Joaquin Phoenix because this is his version's just better. And, you know, I, I mean, I'd but that's, like, a, I think, I mean, there's talk of doing a Joker too. And really what they're saying is that this is Joaquin Phoenix is not the Joker. He is the sort of, in the person that inspires the actual joker that may be that's fine and if they want to have it work that way then they can have it work that way um i i guess part of it is you know being spoiled by the mcu and them doing something that has never been done before um you know i, I saw a funny meme is well what if uh you know if uh 
Lord of the Rings had been done after, you know, what whatever phase phase three of of the MCU. Like if it started after, it'd be like you know, the Gray Wizard, uh, four and one, and then they like do up, and then the first one is The Hobbit, and you know you you have you'd have like all these solo films before you ever did it, and it's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of funny, sure. And that's um, one of my biggest arguments is people were like, DC didn't take the time to do the, to the flesh out all their characters. I'm like, shut up. You didn't need that. You don't need that. You don't get single movies of the Ghostbusters. Like, you don't, all these team ups that have been super successful and super popular uh, didn't tell individual stories. Just because Marvel did it doesn't mean that DC needs to follow the same formula. No, it doesn't and, mean and that. How, they many, need to- how many origin stories of Batman do we need? Well, no, I think they, they rightly skipped over the, the Batman origin story. I think that that's fine. Um, just like they rightly skipped over the Spider-Man origin story when they, with um, Tom Holland's portrayal, right. I, think it's, I think it's perfect because it's like, no, we, we know this story. Wait, why isn't Aunt May old? Why is she, you know, Marissa Tomei? Doesn't matter just you know you can move on move along we, there's some differences to the story you as you may have known it but the the core the kernel of the the story is still there and implied and that's fine i'm okay with not doing origin stories i think that we need no we don't need i think that with a lot of the team up films i think they don't all always work i think you can look at fantastic 4 and its various iterations and see that it doesn't work well for various reasons other than the fact that the fantastic four has always been a little bit tongue-in-cheek and a bit cheesy um and i would i'm really anxious to see how uh the mcu treats those characters and i think putting john krasinski in there i'm a proponent and i think he's probably He's got enough charisma to make it work where it might otherwise not. But um, yeah, my dream casting, John Krasinski. I mean, this is all over the internet. So John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, Emily Blunt as Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, Zac Efron as Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. Um, Now the thing I'm up in the air with I don't know who really can embody that sort of, I mean, it's going to be a CG character, but who has that voice to really drive home that character. But uh, maybe like Craig T. Nelson would be, would be a fun voice for him. Like the guy who does Mr. Incredible coach, uh, the dad in Poltergeist, but um, he's a little old. He's a little old. Um, But because I think, I think you need somebody to do the, the, uh, the motion capture, like Mark Ruffalo and right. has done, and and uh, like Andy Circus, you know. Here's my choice for Doctor Doom. Was my choice was always Joaquin Phoenix to play Victor Von Doom, uh, but now he's involved with Joker. I don't. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I, I don't think so. Okay, so I guess my issue with Joaquin Phoenix is he plays like psychopath. Well. Like I, I get that. Like Joker showed that uh, his his portrayal of Commodus in Gladiator shows he he's got psychopath down. But 
it comes off he comes off a little less thoughtful and a little more capricious than i imagine dr doom dr but doom is can, one of those i mean I'm, he's <laughs> he honestly was, though he was, he was marvel's he was feige's choice for dr strange and he turned it down because he didn't want to do a universe but so they got cumberbatch i i don't think i think Benedict Cumberbatch is a much better Doctor Strange uh, than Joaquin Phoenix would have been. However, I, Bro, I, Joaquin I, Phoenix is one of the best actors alive. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. My problem is that I don't... I have some more issues with seeing him as such a, like a good character, like a good guy. Um, than I do Benedict Cumberbatch, maybe. I don't know. I, part of it is that I really do love Benedict Cumberbatch's portrayal of Dr. Sherlock Strange. Holmes. <laughs> He's good in that too, but um, it, it, I, I, I really don't know who I would have cast as Dr. Doom. And that's what I'm gonna have to think about, do some, some fan casting. Um, uh, maybe Rain Wilson. So we can have what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I would want he voices the uh he voices Lex Luthor Lex Luthor in some of the new uh animated DC stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, he'd make a cool Lex Luthor. Uh, then people would do the same thing, they're like, he's not intimidating enough. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I mean Doctor Doom is always just there are like, my dogs. I don't even hear him. Um he's there he's super imposing, but he's he's got this sense of nobility about him too like he's always bad but there's he he has these periodic times where he teams up with the heroes to beat a bigger evil because or right. or he'll side with the evil to to do that so i don't know i really don't know and i'd have to give that some thought all right uh, here here's comic book resources top 10 actors we would like to see play dr doom and then we can wrap up Number 10, Christoph Waltz. I have to look some of these up because I don't know all these. He's the guys. guy. He's the, the bag. He's the Nazi in uh, Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah. I, German actors would probably be good since. John Hamm. Yeah. Uh, the guy from Mad Men. Mm. Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, he plays the. Jeez. Uh, I forget his character's name in Rogue One, the bad guy in Rogue One. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Hugh Laurie, House. Oh, I would, I, ooh, yeah, that would be good. Although the age might be a little off for him to be playing side by side with Krasinski. Right. If, Dan, if we got Krasinski. Dan Stevens, he's in uh, Legion on FX. It's, it's sort of an X-Men universe movie. He's supposed to be it's crazy. Um, and he also played Beast in the Beauty and the Beast movie. Oh, okay. Oscar Isaac. Oh, Dameron. Yeah, I know, but I'm just, I'm thinking I'm thinking it I'm thinking it through. I, I mean, sure. I mean, sure. Why not? Michael Fassbender. Magneto. Mm, yeah. The problem is, is he was like he, just Magneto. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't do that. Rami Malek, he just 
You know who that is? I, I, I like should, but it's he played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, oh, oh! He's about to be the new Bond villain too, so we can actually see him embody a villain. Yeah. He's also he's excellent in Mr. Robot. Right. Um, um, Killian Murphy. I think I found my Doctor Doom, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm in. Killian Murphy is killing it on Peaky Blinders right now on Netflix. And and I, I think I think he I think he and, would be a great choice. Um, dude, and, and because also about the right age. And he, you, he's covered. Doctor Doom is covered in a mask, and nobody has piercing eyes like Killian Murphy does. So I'm mm-hmm. all for that. I'm, I'm and with then it. Their number one choice is Nikolai Coster Waldau, Jamie freaking Lannister. Mm, this man is too pretty to have his face covered. What? Right. But I mean, so is Ryan Reynolds, and he's disfigured and covered in Deadpool. Yeah, but Ryan Reynolds is also like, he's he's so voice. He's got so much voice. Yeah. Like, like, which is he's he's his part part the greatest part of his charm is voice is how he talks, and the fact that like what was it Wolverine one of those wolverine movies x-men origins wolverine oh, it, was, it was x-men origins okay wolverine and they cut they they sealed his mouth shut it's just like <laughs> it's you so guys bad. are so stupid to you don't hand you you play up the mark with the strengths the mark with the mouth gets his mouth sealed shut yeah yes no yes we know he he is made fun of himself for that movie and the Green Lantern film. Well, it wasn't really his fault. I mean, maybe the Green Lantern stuff, but. I mean, that's, no, I think he would be an amazing Hal Jordan if he's given good material. Yeah. But there, there's, you know. excellent, there's excellent people involved in this film. Like Taika Waititi plays his best friend in the movie. And somehow, and he's doing big things with The Mandalorian and Thor Ragnarok now. Okay, I have a question. Who sure. would you who would you pick to like direct a Fantastic Four movie? John Krasinski. I was thinking Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Nah, man, I want him for something dark. That's I why. I, that's but why we I already have the Guillermo del Toro superhero movies. We already have Hellboy one and two. I, I know. <laughs> I was just so, but, thinking about that. And he was tapped for the justice league dark where you get Constantine and Zatanna Zatara and swamp thing and Frankenstein and stuff, but, mm-hmm. and dead man and go on, but he, they kind of fell out and now it's JJ Abrams is doing it for a series and it for HBO max, which sounds cool. And the green lantern is going to be a series on HBO max where each episode is going to tell a different, a story of a different green lantern. Hmm makes sense and and the green the legacy of the green lanterns and stuff the hbo max is doing some really awesome stuff and then all the dc universe stuff titans uh doom patrol the harley quinn animated show don't let your kids watch don't let your kids watch harley quinn because it's hard r um Um, but they're all coming to hbo max okay well looks like that dc has found its destination uh in, in lieu of, uh, or, or in response to, uh, it's funny that it's it's HBO and, and Marvel's all found its way to um, Disney Plus. It's very, 
Well, right, but <laughs> it's very like Marvel's uh, owned by uh, Disney. Yeah, well, yeah, Marvel's owned by Disney, and HBO and uh, DC, DC is all owned by Warner Warner Brothers uh, Warner Media. Until Disney buys it, that's not going to happen. That's called a monopoly, sir. Um. All right. So, real quick, bullet point for everybody: uh, what's coming down the line, and then we'll sign off. Oh, you want me to do it? Uh, next. Oh, I mean, I can do next, it. Next, or you know, on Friday we're having Braveheart Part One. That following Monday, Braveheart Part Two. Then we are doing superhero moments draft. That's superhero moments, not nothing to do with supervillains. And then um, saving Private Ryan and a World War II movie draft. All right. This so don't has... forget. Wait. Don't oh, forget to vote on who you think had the best top five for our family movie draft. Our family-friendly, non-animated, live-action movie draft. Nostalgia Fest. All right. So this has been the Cine Siblings Dissect and Reflect podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Ian. And until next time, we are... Go watch a new movie. We are Groot. (laughs) (laughs) Or catch an old one. Thanks for listening to the Cine Siblings Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cine Siblings Pod.